monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan, some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Right. Why don't you cough right when I click the record <laughs> button? Great. That's fantastic. So far, you know, it usually takes us at least 10 seconds before we get unprofessional <laughs> and shitty. You have broken the record. Like, at zero seconds, this is already a bad podcast. Can you start over? No. No, because I believe in warts and all. I believe in setting it on wax, and it's the new style. Do you want me to lick the microphone again? No, I don't want you to lick the microphone. It took us 20 minutes just to get your levels right. Hee hee hee. Ugh. Well, anyway. I'm having a good day. I'm glad. I'm having a day. And whether it's good or not remains to be seen. So, welcome to the bride of the creature. What are you doing? I'm My hot. podcaster partner is literally taking her pants off. Don't tell them that. Why are you doing that? It's too hot. Uh, okay, well, all right. This is the first semi-pantsed podcast. Holy Christ. Uh, okay, let's try this again. Hello and welcome to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature, Joey G, and as always, the pantsless bride, Nicole. Hello. The cutest podcaster in town. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're messing with me today, though. You're messing I am. with me a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm having a lot of fun with it, though. I mean, if you're, as long as you're having fun and your pants are off, I guess it's Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've honestly, I've done a lot of podcasts with a lot of people, never had anyone with their pants off. I'm the first? You're the first. I feel lucky. Well, there you go. I'm probably the most comfortable of everyone you're, podcasting. You're also probably the only person ever in the world who would associate having their pants off and being in the same room as me with being lucky. I'm your wife. I have to. That is like getting lucky. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, well, that's delightful. So anyway, uh, welcome to the show, where we watch a horror movie, and then we discuss it, and now you've changed your body position, and the levels will be totally different. Why did I fucking bother setting the levels? I'm comfy now. I'm so happy to hear it, dear, because now our podcast is fucked. I'm sorry. You're not sorry. Before I was so rudely interrupted by myself, I was discussing the point of this show where we watch a horror movie and we talk about it and we play games and Nicole loses and it's lots of fun. So this week, what did we watch? It was my pick this week. I picked a controversial film. It's a movie that had a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes, well regarded by the critics. Everybody I know in person fucking hates this movie. Yeah, Every they really single person do. I've met, I talked to more people today, they hate it. They don't just dislike it. When did this movie come out? 2010. Because I remember when it came out, a bunch of our friends went and saw it, and I kind of wanted to see because the commercials looked good. And they all told me I heard about almost the whole movie, and it, they made it sound awful, and I was, like, dreading watching this with you. I really didn't want to watch this well, movie. Before we give any more away, let's say what it is. The film was oh. 2010's <laughs> Splice, directed by Vincenzo Natale, starring Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly and Delphine Chagnac. Who is he? I think it's a girl. I'm Who's pretty that sure guy? she played Dren. I'm checking, but I'm pretty sure she played Dren. Oh. Yeah, it looks like her. Dren is the the, the, the creature, creature in question. So, uh, speaking of creatures, <laughs> that's the name of the show. <laughs> 
So yeah, Splice. So let's go ahead and listen to the trailer for Splice. Here he comes. Careful. All clear. That's it. Heart rate stable. If we don't use human DNA now, someone else will. Regulators and politicians, they tear us to pieces. Millions of people are suffering and dying. What are the moral considerations of that? This is illegal. We can go to jail for this. Human cloning is illegal. This won't be human. Not entirely. It's coming out. It's not due for months. It's slippery. It's... What was that? A mistake. Here is something completely unique in the world. Tempty. Days within a matter of minutes. She's perfect. You've crossed the line. What did you expect when you made it? Didn't you have a plan? You can't let her out. Specimens need to be contained. Don't call her that. What's going on? She's become unstable. This is the disaster everyone warns about. A new species set loose in the world. So, Splice. I've been looking forward to doing this movie because for years, as you said, people have been telling me that they hate it and that they wanted me to watch it because they were curious and a little bit afraid of what I would think of it. Why were they afraid of what you... Because they were afraid I'd like it. <laughs> so you're giving everyone their worst fears right now. I haven't said anything yet. Well, I, I know what you think. Why don't you just spoil the whole goddamn show, you pantsless freak? Stop it! Well, stop spoiling the show. No one's supposed but you is supposed to know I'm pantsless. Well, we've now said it enough times. Oh. Well, okay, well, never mind me, Nicole. I want to know what you thought. Did you like this movie, yes or no? Yes, I did. You did like it? Yes. Okay. I didn't think I would, and I... I, like, didn't want to say I liked it for See? fear of, of society. Yeah. <laughs> Alienation, being made fun of. <laughs> yeah, being made fun of. So the premise of this film is Adrian per- Adrian Polly, Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly play Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly play a pair of Polly play a pair pair of is hard to say in my defense. 
Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly play a pair of genetic engineers. And they're a couple. Scientists. And they're a couple, yes. That's important to the movie. they use their skill and judgment to combine or splice the DNA of various animals with the DNA of a human, finger quotes. Uh, And they end up creating a fucky little beast that they call Dren, which is nerd spelled backwards. Dren is really cute. Dren is really cute. And it ages very quickly. And they sort of raise this thing as their quote-unquote child slash science project slash just weirdness. Which is interesting because in one of their couple moments... Um, he talks about Adrian Brody talks about how he wants to have a kid and she doesn't and she doesn't and then when Dren comes along she's actually much more maternal to it than Adrian Brody she becomes more of a mother in a way but not in like a a sweet way not in like a she actually wants to be a mother to this thing more in like a she had a shitty mother and she's trying to prove that she could do it better than her mother did because she had a poor upbringing because her mother was crazy I got that vibe hugely. I got that vibe a bit too, but I also got the vibe that she kind of went a bit crazy too. Like, the amount she called this creature sweetheart, sweetie honey, like like you would a child. Compensating how poorly her mother raised her, trying to just prove that she could do a better job. I think it was. I think she actually felt that. Yes, but I think that her motivation was she was trying to was less rooted in like I actually in like a real maternal instinct and more in a I'm going to prove that my mother was a shit mother by being better. I disagree. I think it was way more maternal than that. But if it was way more maternal than that, then her sudden quick turn against it doesn't make sense. It does. Okay. Do you want me to explain? Yes. Otherwise, this is a boring podcast. Okay. Please. Because she realized in that moment... Were we going to explain the moment or... Something Let's bad just happens. Say she does something. We're gonna. Okay, this is gonna be a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you haven't seen it and you want to watch it, because we're gonna talk about some plot details here. So I'll just say that something happens with Dren, where Dren becomes a bit dangerous. Yeah. And the rebellious teenage face. Sarah Polly changes back into from mothering into complete scientist. No, she doesn't. I think she does. No, she's being vind- she's turned into her own mother. She's being vindictive and punishing the child for going against what she said. She's not being a scientist again. She's pre- she's using that as an excuse, but she's being totally vindictive and crazy, exactly like her mother was. No, she's making sure that Dren can't hurt again. Only because she's upset. She wasn't. She didn't care about actually trying to protect anyone from being hurt by Dren. She was just trying to punish Dren for Dren doing the opposite of what she wanted because she was never really in danger from Dren. She, Dren, like, struck out at her, but wasn't actually... Could have killed her, but didn't. She just lashed out like a teenager, and Sarah Polly's way of dealing with Dren's defiance was to really, like, physically damage Dren. See, I saw it differently. No, I think she left behind science a long time ago and never goes back to it ever in the whole movie. I think she went back to science. I think the, the, the moment... Spoiler, spoiler. The moment that she used her own egg... In the experiment to actually create Dren, she had completely abandoned science. She was no longer trying to learn about anything. She was just living out her crazed uh, revenge fantasy against her mother. Especially when she straps Dren down and cuts Dren's tail off. That had nothing to do with science. That was about punishing Dren. No, it was making sure that this thing she created couldn't hurt again. No. 
Not at all. You're wrong. No, sweetie. There was nothing about... She was not being altruistic there. Because yes, nobody was, was ever going to see that creature. Yes, because she could get out. And she did. Well, if that was the case, if she was really serious about that, she would have killed Dren way back when Adrian Brody said that they ought to at the beginning. That's why I said she was mothering then and then she switched no. to science. You don't just all of a sudden, this first time your kid disobeys you, become But she realizes it's again. not actually a kid. You're giving her way too much credit in this movie. She is as fucked up, if not more so, than anybody else in this entire movie. I completely disagree that she tries to be a scientist again. I disagree. She totally is she goes trying back to, to science. She even looks like a scientist when she does what it. What does that even mean? She looks like a scientist. What are that, you talking about? She just turns back to science. No, she doesn't. There, there, she really doesn't. But we, we'll really disagree because... Sure. You, I mean, I can only try and explain something to a brick wall so many times. Uh, <laughs> I, just because I'm not giving in to Joe, Professor Joey's opinion... I just don't think you read the movie correctly. Um, I don't think you did. That's fine. Uh, so anyway, the uh, the weird thing that I heard from a lot of people about this movie, I still haven't said if I liked it or not, but a lot of people, everyone I talked to, was telling me about how they just felt like really weird about it and like felt very like uncomfortable. disgusted and uncomfortable and like they needed a shower after it. I never felt disgusted or freaked out or disturbed once in the entire movie. Which maybe says more about me than it does about the movie. Because <laughs> I didn't find it even remotely disturbing. I found it a bit uncomfortable, those scenes. You're talking about the sex scenes. Yes. When Adrian Brody has sex with the creature. Yes, and then Dren... Okay, spoiler, Dren changes sex to male and rapes Sarah Polly at the end. Yeah. And so, for I'm me, not, I, I get... I understand the rape part of it in a way, in an instinctual, biological way, that Dren, the creature, wanted to keep the species going more than the Adrian Brody thing. I don't know, but I, again, I, don't, I don't buy, don't buy the Adrian Brody thinking this creature sexy. Sarah Polly wasn't trying, to, I mean, the creature wasn't trying to fuck Sarah Polly to keep the species going. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, did. you he even did. watch the same movie yes, as me? Yes, I did. I mean, when I say it wasn't disturbed, obviously a rape scene is disturbing because of its content. Like, a rape is pretty horrifying. But the fact that she even says, what do you want? And he says her name and says you. That wasn't the creature raping her because, oh, it needs to, to propagate. It's not a dumb creature at that point. It wasn't an animal anymore. It was an intelligent being that knew what it was doing. And it was doing exactly the same thing that she did to it by cutting off its tail. He was violating her in the way that she violated him. He was getting revenge by raping her and taking away from her the same thing that it sees her as taking away from him. But it was also but it was com- keeping no, the species going. No, he going. wasn't trying to get her pregnant. He got her pregnant, but that wasn't his intention. It wasn't like he was thinking, all right, this is what I'll do. I'll get Sarah Polly pregnant. No, that was purely a revenge fuck, a revenge rape. It was a horrible, horrible thing. It's way more disturbing the way I read it than the way you did. Maybe that's why I wasn't You're that disturbed like, by it's it. It's not that bad. It's an animal. <laughs> it wasn't an animal. Yeah, it was. It still had animal DNA. Yes, but and it, human. the fact that it knew her name and spoke to her and it said what it was doing. It wasn't just like, I am beast, take my seed. So monkeys can sign language. It doesn't mean anything. Language doesn't mean anything. That is the single dumbest thing you have ever said. I mean, but you know what? You just proved your own point by saying that. So just because a creature is capable of speech does not make it intelligent. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right, my dear. So I, th- I, I think have you said can, it better myself. I think you can read that scene both ways. Yeah, the right way and the wrong way. I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> 
I mean, that's interesting. I, I did not see it as animalistic at that point. It was still... I think we watched the same movie, but we both got very different things really from it. We really did, because holy And smokes. you can do that with art. That's okay to read different things no, from you're it. you're right. You're right. I just think you missed the point of that I, scene. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to walk out? No, I don't want you to walk out. Then just say that my opinion is valid, too. Of course your opinion is valid, too. There's a difference between discussing a film and just saying, well, you think what you think, and I think what I think, because that's fucking boring. If you can't challenge someone else's opinion, then what's the fucking point of having a movie podcast with them? What is the point? I ask you! Do you have So that we could do it together and be nice to each other. (laughs) No, that was never the point. Where did you get that from? You said that in our first podcast. That was just me trying to convince you to hang out with me. (laughs) Like, I need convincing. Nobody else will do it. Everyone hangs out with me. I'm not saying... Do you know how many podcasts you're on? Yes, three. Oh, I thought it was one. Nobody will podcast. Look... Okay, let me rephrase this. I don't think your opinion is wrong. I just think that that's not what happened in those scenes. So you got something different out of it. <sighs> yeah, okay, sure. Yes. Anyway, the Adrian Brody sex scene, I, to- I don't uh, agree with. I didn't have a problem with that either. Because it's just like, it didn't, I was like, why is he attracted to this because thing? It looks, because it looks and acts like the things he loved about Sarah Polly that she's not like anymore. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and also because, as he points out, they completely lost sight of right and wrong at a certain point along the way. They just completely got lost off in their own territory. And while it is a convenient excuse to not have an understanding of the difference between right and wrong, in a way they have gone so far off the reservation that there's an argument to be made that they've lost sight of the basic concepts of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, so there is that. Anyway, I didn't, like, really think that the scene with Adrian Brody's having sex with Dren was necessary. I It made sort of sense for the context of the movie. Like, the build-up to it made it made a bit more sense than how people described it to me anyway. I still didn't yeah. think it was necessary, but the way people described it to me sounded a lot more disturbing than what it actually was. Do you think it was unnecessary because it made you uncomfortable or because it detracted from the film? I think it detracted from the film. In what way? I think it was only there to... to to shock? No, not to shock, but just to have a plot device for the next scene to happen. No, I didn't get that because they were—they had been building up for that to that scene for the whole movie, pretty much from the time when Ren was a little girl and Dren. Was that what did I say? You Ren? said Ren. Like Ren Stimpy. <laughs> pretty much from the time Dren was little, they were building up to that to her infatuation for the father figure, and like she clearly had a thing for him from the beginning from the even from back when Dren was watching her and him and Sarah Polly actually have sex and he knew that she was watching he didn't say anything they hint a lot of stuff why didn't why do you think he didn't say anything i didn't, he didn't get that stop having sex because okay, he, that's so what I he never gets to have sex with her anymore he's sexually frustrated because their entire relationship is dissolved to the point of them just looking after this creature i mean clearly it's a pretty obvious analog to parenthood yeah that they're going for we get to look forward to that love I mean, I'm not going to have sex with our daughter. <laughs> I, I, I mean the relationship changing, not anything else. Our daughter's not going to be a monster. I don't think. Maybe it'll be a boy. Maybe it'll change like Dren. You look a little shocked right now. Shell-shocked. You all right there, kid? Uh, let's not compare us as parents <laughs> to this movie okay, okay, at okay. all. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't think it was out of the blue. I thought it made perfect sense in the context of the film and that they've been building to it for a long time. Um, and even there's even the bit when he's dancing with her and he begins to get carried away himself and stops himself. Especially when he re- and that's when he realizes one of the reasons Dren is so appealing to him is because she's everything that Sarah Polly has stopped being and even resembles Sarah Polly because she's from her, her egg. 
because that's Sarah Polley is realizes. her mother. That's when he realizes that, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they didn't need to actually have that happen for them to have that fight of right and wrong for them to decide what to do with Dren. But, but you said the only reason it happened is so that they could do that. I think that they didn't have to have that happen to have that conversation. So I just said con- that. No, but you said that the reason that that sex scene happened was just to move on to the next point. Yeah. And But then you just said it wasn't. You said that they didn't have to have that scene to move on to the next point. No, but that's why they had that I scene. I don't think that's why they had that scene. I think they could have done the next scene without that scene. I think it said a lot about uh, daughters' infatuations with their fathers and the complicated relationship of father and daughter that doesn't get touched on in a lot of movies. They touch on mother-son and father-son a lot, but they rarely talk about father-daughter stuff because it's pretty uncomfortable. Not because all fathers and daughters want to have sex with each other, but because there is that element of... You're talking about Oedipus? No, 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 not that's that's mother-son. But I'm talking about the, for most women growing up, and not having been a woman, I guess a lot of this is going to be conjecture, but your ideal of what a man is meant to be is your father. It's the only man you really have a lot of close, intimate contact with. This particular child, in this case, only had contact with that one man. So her whole notion, and she's matured so quickly, her coming into her sexual adulthood, the only creature, the only male in her life that she's seen is her is this father figure that she has. And her whole idea of human sexuality was Sarah Polly and Adrian Brody's uh, sex scenes earlier. Right? So then she, she even comes on to Adrian Brody the same way that Sarah Polly did. Right? Totally dominant, taking on, taking control. Yeah. So, I mean, while but it's I icky... Think, uh, yeah, it was too yeah, icky for me. Of course it's me. icky. That but, one was too icky. And that's totally fine, but that, just because it was icky doesn't mean it didn't fit the film. I thought it was a really... One of the most interesting parts of the film. And of course it was icky. Anything that's implying any kind of incestuous relationship is icky. And it's icky on a whole bunch of levels. Like, you could argue that it's bestiality, incestual bestiality. It's also cheating on his wife. Like... Is a whole bunch of taboos and buttons being pushed there. I'm not condoning what happened in the movie, but I think it was like the most interesting centerpiece of the whole film. I like this scene? movie a lot, by the way. Oh yeah, the whole movie, that's the climax of the film. It builds to that scene. Everything else in the film hinges on that scene. Like It's the beginning of the end. The whole movie builds up to that, and then the rest of the movie is the fallout from that. That's the, that's the most fucky part of the movie. And then the rest of the film is followed from that. And up until the last ten minutes, where it becomes a very cliche Hollywood chase scene, it's a, an amazing film. You didn't I like loved the chase movie. scene? No, because the rest of the movie was so unconventional and interesting. In the last ten minutes, they went for the, the, like the obligatory chasing that doesn't need to be there. I felt like it made sense for the movie. It honestly, if they had had the same thing happen with the same outcome, like Dren attacking Sarah Polly and killing Adrian Brody. I've been fine with it. They introduced the other two characters who had no point other than to be fodder and have it be a really action chase through a swamp with intense music. It just became a really by-the-numbers chase Hollywood ending. Until the very, very ending. But that whole scene just didn't feel like it was the same movie for those ten minutes. So it lost a little bit of its luster there because that scene, for me, just felt unnecessary the way it was staged. I think it it was a good ending and I think that to have that chase scene brought a bit more excitement to the movie. But it didn't need excitement. The whole movie hadn't been about excitement. Like, you don't have to have an adrenaline No, you don't have to. Movie. You don't have to, but this one did. And I liked that it did that as well as the other mm. stuff. Yeah, I, I, that's the one part of the movie I totally didn't work at all for not even a little bit that that worked for me. Like, it became just another Hollywood movie at that point. And that sucks. 
Do you have anything else you want to say about the movie? I mean, it sounds like you liked it, though not as much as me. Yeah, I was actually surprised that I liked it because of what people had said. Yeah. Um, I liked, I particularly liked when Dren was younger, and I, like as an early childhood educator, it's exciting to see the children mm-hmm. develop and hit those milestones, and Dren does that in mm-hmm. the movie, and Sarah Polly gets excited about it. So I thought it was interesting to see like a creature kind of being like a child, and they dressed her like a child, mm-hmm. and I liked those parts a lot. Uh, I think I just thought it was more interesting once they explored the darker areas of the movie, like once the 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 weirdness of it started to happen. I think maybe a lot of people going into this movie weren't expecting what they got. Because I, I think they the commercials made it seem more like a horror movie. Yeah, and it's really not. Like this is really yeah. a movie that's about all those things it's we've just been talking fiction. about. Yeah, it's way more science fiction, but it's just about all those weird things we were talking about. And I don't think it's a particularly easy watch in terms of its subject matter. Like, you can say what you want about how icky it is to actually and physically see that disturbing, but just the ideas and the concepts I think are actually pretty heavy and not light fare, not like what a fun creature feature. Yeah. It's really not. And I think it's a movie that challenges you in a lot of ways and really forces you to have some some deep thoughts about it. Yeah, it did. And I, I think I the parts that I enjoyed more were the kind of science moments and brain development and things like that were a bit more interesting to me than mm-hmm. the Oedipus complex. Yeah. And I guess that was the opposite because I didn't find those parts. I, I thought that the science stuff was kind of just like a a trapping that was put on to make it to make it make sense why how they knew how to do this. Because like, it wasn't about them doing science. From the moment they let this creature come to term they weren't doing science. That's what I think. But uh, I guess we've probably said more than enough. We've talked a lot about this movie, which is cool. Do you want to give it your review out of 10, dear? What do you give your out of 10? I give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, wow. I give it a 9, and the only reason I don't give it a 10 is because that swamp scene wasn't very good and didn't need to be there. All right. So 9 out of 10. That's, that's the second highest review I've given to a movie yet, Nicole. Second highest. I mean, I think it's my second 9. But it's still, only Dawn of the Dead has been higher. And that was a versus. Yeah. This is tied with House of the Devil for the best movie we've watched so far. Holy smokes. Holy what, smokes. A, what a crazy thing. Well, Nicole, this week it's time for what Would You Rather, and I believe it is your turn this week. Oh, yeah. To drop a Would You Rather on my handsome broad shoulders. Oh. Why do you get to be quiet like that when I say that? Okay, no, because I, I didn't, I forgot. I reminded you before the show. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I said, do you have your would you rather already? And you were too busy fucking around with the mic and trolling me. <laughs> that was fun. I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, would you rather fuck an alien <laughs> or, or have a nice steak sandwich? I'd fuck the alien. <laughs> and then have the steak sandwich. You can't have steak both. Sandwich. That's the point of would you rather. I would rather have both. <laughs> Had to be a hot alien, though. Like, would you rather, <laughs> as a mother or father, say, um, would you rather have your own childhood be fucked up and raised fucked up, or would you rather have to fuck up your own child's life? Uh, I would rather have the fucked up childhood and give my child a good upbringing. What did, what did you think I was going to say? Please tell me that your answer is the same as mine. I would rather have the bad childhood and raise my child to have a wonderful life. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. 
I was trying Maybe to... Maybe re- not your best would you rather. I was trying to relate it to the movie. <laughs> I see that, but usually each one of them has to have its, like, pluses and minuses. There's no plus to fucking your child's life up. Well, what if you're a super selfish person? <laughs> I mean, I guess, but most super selfish people aren't that self-aware. Despite being super selfish, they're not so self-aware that they can be say they can actually say, I'm selfish, fuck my kid. Not like, fuck my kid like Dread, but just like, fuck my kid. So yes, Nicole, I would like to have a fucked up childhood and raise my child properly. Or at least as best I can. Me too, me too. I'm so glad to hear it, you wacky broad, you. Okay, well that was strange. Um, oof. Would you like to, Is it, you know what time it is. You know what happens now, right? I lose. Probably. Because that's what you always do. But are you ready? Are you ready to play a little game called The Following is Based on a True Story? Yes. Would you like to hear the rules? No. I know you know them. We're going to say... Nicole, I'm going to tell you four horror movie titles and synopses. However, one of them is a big fat phony. It's one that I made up. It came from up here. Up in my mind grapes. Just ticking around. You have to use your skill and judgment to determine which is the fake. Nicole, are you ready to play the following is a true story? Okay, no one ever yelled at Richard Dawson when they were playing the feud, all right? You need to respect... Who's Richard Dawson? He was the host... Never mind. Nicole, the following is based on a true story. Film number one. Don't say film that way. Nicole, shut up. Film number one. Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. A hip-hop horror anthology of three tales of terror told by the Hound of Hell, played by Snoop Dogg, that resolve around the residents of an inner-city neighborhood whose actions determine where they will go in the afterlife. Snoop Dogg said of horror. Film number two. Rabid Grannies. When given a demonic present by their black sheep nephew, two kindly old grannies are transformed into demons who proceed to gorily knock off their greedy relatives. Rabid Grannies. Film number three. Flesh-eating mothers. A venereal disease turns an entire town of two-timing mothers into cannibals. So that happens when you fuck around on your husband. Let me think about it. Film number four. The Terror of Dr. Schultz. A man and his wife are kidnapped by a demented scientist while on vacation in Germany. The man is tortured and forced to watch while his wife's body is mutilated and animal parts are grafted to her skin. Ooh, that sounds good. Doesn't it? So, Nicole, using so, your skill and judgment. We've got Snoop Dogg, Grannies, Moms, and Doctor. Yes, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, film number one. Rabid Grannies, Flesh Eating Mothers. It's kind of like a play on Flesh Eating Monsters. And The Terror of Dr. Schultz. I think the first and the last one are real movies. You think Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror is a real movie? Yeah. And you think The Terror of Dr. Schultz is a real movie? Yeah, because they both are a bit out there. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would actually make something up about Snoop Dogg. I don't think <laughs> your mind would go to Snoop Dogg. Hey, for shizzle nizzle. You I'm know, the real dizzle. I don't think so. No. Um, Rabid grannies, demonic possession, grannies eat, killing their relatives, flesh eating. See, mothers. the grannies and the mummies are very similar, so that's a hard one. No, no the flesh eating mothers, a venereal disease, so like a STI, makes these the mothers who cheat on their husbands turn into cannibals. I don't think your mind would go to STIs either. Yeah, but my mind would go to punishing dirty, cheating wives. <laughs> Why would your mind go there? Because I will choke a bitch. <laughs> I'm a lovely lady. You are a lovely lady. I would never do that to you, honey. I'm, I'm glad because I don't want you to have to die. Or become a Catholic. You know what, though? Like, if you ever cheat on me and then turn up dead years later, they're all going to blame me and point to this podcast, and I'm going to go to jail. 
So don't cheat on me. Why would you go to jail? Because this is evidence that I killed you. I didn't. But if you cheated on me and then died, it would look like I murdered you. <laughs> and they'd play this podcast and be like, well, of course, he even told her he'd murder her. <laughs> I'm probably not going to murder you, Nicole. Well, that's, that's reassuring, honey. Yeah. Thank you. Just watch it. Just watch it. So then the grannies is rabid sorry. Grannies. Rabid grannies. Yeah, rabid. They, they, they turn into demons and they knock off their relatives. See, none of these sound like something you'd make up. Maybe I'm just a mystery wrapped in an enigma. With a little dash of confusion. But you think that Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror is real? And you yeah. think the Terror of Dr. Schultz is real? Yeah. So you, which one do you think I made up then? I mean, which one? There's only two other ones. I think the grannies is a fake. is a fake. You think I made up rabid grannies? Yeah. Because to be honest with you, rabid grannies sounds like the worst one on this list. So I'm a little hurt. So I'm wronging. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, I'd probably watch the other three before I watch Rabid Grannies. And if I think one... Rabid Granny sounds better than the moms. Okay, okay. So your final answer is Rabid Grannies. Yeah, but I'm wrong. So. Nicole, Flesh Eating Mothers is a real movie. Nicole, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror is the doctor one, is isn't it? a real it? movie. Nicole, The Terror of Dr. Schultz is a fake movie. I made it up, and you said it was a great idea, which means that Rabbit Grannies is a real movie. And the fake this week, Joey's brain came up with the terror of Dr. <laughs> Schultz. So you want to watch a movie where a man and his wife go on vacation in Germany, and a demented scientist tortures the man and makes makes the man watch while his wife is mutilated and have animal parts grafted to her skin? Yeah, that sounds cool. Doesn't it? I, I, you're, oh. you're so happy right now that I like your idea. I love when you like my ideas. It is like Christmas to me. I have so many ideas. We should make that into a comic. Or just a movie. Yeah, like you're going to make a movie. Like I'm going to make a comic. You're more like going <laughs> to write a comic than so? to get a camera, really? go to Germany. They both sound pretty... Un- I mean, you don't have to shoot it in Germany. <laughs> yes. Well, you think they shot, shot Star Wars in space? They didn't. No. <laughs> Jesus. You don't have... Holy crap. You know that like everything in the X-Files was in Vancouver, right? You know Vancouver isn't really Washington, D.C., I know that. <laughs> I just like the idea that you think Joey's independent movie, he's going to shoot it in Germany because how else could they do it? You would not go it. to Germany. I mean, probably not, but I also probably wouldn't write anything else. I, I, I you know, I don't do things. I'm a loser. You're not a loser. Oh, thanks, Rudy. Well, anyway, uh, I hate to say it right after you said I wasn't, but you are a loser this week. Once again, <laughs> I win. So Nicole, your your record has uh, continued to drop. You are now two for nine. They're too hard. We should change the game so it's not so hard. That doesn't sound like fun for me. Why don't we change it, Joey? So that you just give me two options. No. <laughs> but people are, are going to get sick of hearing me lose. No, I think they're all fine with it. It's just you who's sick of losing. Nobody else minds at all. I'm Everyone's f- just fine with it. I'm not playing, Ben. You can't make me. I'll hold my breath. <gasps> I don't really care what you do. So, um, so that was so. Nicole, would you, would you like? It's your pick next week. Would you like to introduce our movie? Yes, and I even think I remember what year it's from. So don't Professor join me until I'm ready. Okay. Okay. The Professor Joy me the, is her little euphemism for making the love. The <laughs> film that we are watch, going to watch that I've chosen is The Last House on the Left, the original, which was made in 1958. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> 1958? I think Wes Craven was like 
seven years old when that happened. 1968. 1972. I thought it had an eight in it. <laughs> it didn't. It doesn't have any. I mean, seven and nine are both close to eight. Fuck off. 1972. So, 1972. I was wrong. Anyway. It's Wes Craven's first movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Thanks, Professor Joey. You're welcome. Now, I want to watch this movie because I don't want to watch it, but because (laughs) in a lot of horror documentaries that I've watched, I think there's three I've seen documentaries that have shown clips from this movie and as one of the first kind of perverted gory kind of one of the first exploitation yeah movies. yeah that's the word I was looking for um, and I've heard a lot of commentaries about it and diff- it's big in the horror world and I think it's going to make me really uncomfortable and I don't really want to watch it but I, I do want to watch it you know yeah. well I mean from what I've read about it the whole thing has a lot to do with Vietnam yeah it's sort of Wes Craven's response to the the changing culture since Vietnam. And it also has one of my favorite taglines for a movie ever, from the trailer and from the poster, where it just says, To avoid fainting, keep repeating, it's only a movie. It's only, only a, movie. a movie. Only, only a, movie. a movie. I love that. Yeah. It's been remade How in many 2009. Ta- and who I made believe the remake? there was a sequel in the 80s. Uh, I don't know, some dick who made a 2009 remake. I don't know. Have you seen the remake? No. Because you've seen a lot of those remakes. Yeah, I haven't seen that the one. The remake was directed by Dennis Illadis, whoever the fuck that is. Yeah. Anyway, I like Wes Craven. Yeah, this is one of the first, also one of the first rape revenge exploitation films. Yeah, and rape is a subject that really bothers me. Like, I mean, I think rape is a subject that bothers most well, people. Well, I, I know, but even... <laughs> I know what you like, mean. That, that, um, what that, what was that show? The Hitchcock one? Backyardigans? <laughs> oh, Bates Motel? The Bates Motel. The first episode had a really um, disturbing rape scene, and it turned me off the whole show. I I'm not going to watch it now because of that one scene. It bothered me so much. So it's something that really bothers me and I really hate it, which I guess a lot of people do. But do you know <laughs> what I mean? I don't think many like, people come out as pro-rape apart from No, I know, but like other people I think can get past it and watch, keep watching the show if they like the show. I yeah. like the show. Because of that, I won't watch it. Well, it's not that there's another rape in every episode. No, I know, but I still won't watch it. Well, I guess that just means it was an effective scene. Yeah, well, too effective. Mm. That, that's a, they that did not a get thing. a fan out of Nicole. Well, everyone wants to get that. Everyone wants me to be a fan? Yeah, I want you to be my fan. I bet I have fans. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, so we will see you in seven for our discussion of The Last House on the Left, Wes Craven, 1972 or 1958. Seven days. That's a reference to a horror movie. <laughs> yes, well done. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's going to wrap us up this week on The Bride of the Creature Podcast. Until next week, I am the Creature Joey G. And I'm the Bride, Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. How could this woman ever decide to wed this man